Our first reading today is from Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty in heaven. John chapter 1, verse 18. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who himself, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. This is God's word. Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. I, uh, I hear uh, myself speaking, hear to, you myself speaking to you in church. This is a bit unusual for me, but, unusual for me, but um, COVID is in my household now. So even though I'm not feeling sick, we decided it would be um, better if I didn't preach in person. And uh, thanks to the technology we have, we can do this. So um, I wish I could be there to see you, um, but this will have to do for now. So let's pray as we uh, come to God's word this morning. Father, thank you for um, calling us around your word today. Um, thank you for this uh, virtual pulpit through which I can preach. Uh, thank you for those uh, sitting in the building listening and those on Facebook watching. And we pray that um, your word would, would do its work in our hearts and lives. Uh, we pray that you would correct our image of God, our, the way we think of you, that, that you would purify it and make it true and accurate. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is week two of a new sermon series called Off the Treadmill and Onto the Trail, Seven Axioms for Actual Change. And um, we're looking at seven very simple truths or axioms that that we need in order to grow spiritually. Um, the reason we're doing this is because we don't want to just be in a cycle of um, trying harder and failing and feel, feeling guilty or, um, you know, on the treadmill of Christian activities without actually going anywhere with God. And last Sunday, we talked about the axiom that God is always present and at work. Now that's good news. Um, but now we're going to talk about what is this God like? This God who is always present and at work, um, how does he relate to us? What is he like? And so I, I'd like to start today with a little self-assessment. I want to ask you to close your eyes for a minute and think about God. Um, what images or pictures appear on that screen of your mind's eye? What do those images make you feel? I'll give you a few seconds to do that. 
whatever you picture about God will profoundly affect your life and the way you relate to God. Some of you might have pictured a, a powerful judging God, um, and, and you feel uneasy about that. Some of you may be picturing a smiling, loving, benign, grandfatherly God. <clears throat> Maybe some of you had a hard time picturing anything at all. But I found in my own life and in observing others that we pick up a lot of false images of God. We get these from the culture around us, from media, from stories, from um, you know, conventional wisdom. We Sometimes we get them from Scripture itself by misinterpreting the Bible or overemphasizing one part of God's character over another. Um, and some of them come from experiences we've had with maybe parents or an authority figure that we have projected onto God. Um, and this profoundly affects us. So, for example, why would we want to pray to a God who seems distant and uncaring? Why would we want to trust and love and surrender to a God who is harsh and judgmental and wrathful, right? That this affects us profoundly. And the good news today is we do not have to live with false images of God. We have a perfectly accurate, high definition, high resolution image of God available to us, a portrait of God. And if, if we gaze at that true image, our lives will be different. Before we get to that, I want to name, briefly name, three of what I think are the most common false images or distortions of, of God. See if any of these resonate with you. Number one is the distant deity. This is a God who seems out of reach and unknowable. A God who created the world, but um, is not very active in the day-to-day the -day operations. A God who isn't very interested or aware of what's happening in your life. And therefore, you don't really um, pray to this God or worship this God. He's a, a nice, comforting thought in the background. But you only come to him when you really need something when your son is shipped overseas or when cancer uh, strikes or when you lose your job. Otherwise, this distant God can't be bothered. He has, he has too many other concerns to take care of. And when you sin, if this God notices at all, he might dole out a kind of abstract blanket forgiveness just to settle the accounts. I was talking to a woman this week um, uh, who had an image of God somewhat like this. She told me that um, she believed there was a God up there, she said, but I, um, I, I've always tried to, to, to do the right thing. Um, I can pray to him whenever I want, but I have to remember he's got a lot of people to take care of. In other words, this God is not very present and active. Well, that distant deity is not the God of the Bible. Number two, um, the next false image of God is the demanding judge, the demanding judge. This is a God who is involved in the world, but not always in a way you want him to. He is hyper-focused on morality and rules and making sure people follow the rules and punishing people who don't. 
He's impossible to please. He's always annoyed at you for something. A friend of mine was telling me recently about a relative of his who is a Vermont state trooper. And, and this man, this officer makes it his goal every year to write more tickets than any other state trooper in Vermont. <laughs> My friend asked him once, don't you ever just give a warning? And he said, no. This is like the demanding judge God. He's always following you. Uh, he's there in your rearview mirror, just waiting for an excuse to turn on his lights and pull you over. And when you do sin, when he catches you, if you grovel before him um, and do your penance, he will begrudgingly forgive you, right? Well, the demanding judge is not the God of the Bible. Uh, Number three is the life coach God. This is the opposite of the demanding judge. And I think this is probably the false image of God that is most common in, in my generation and younger. So the life, coach is, the life coach God's job is to make you happy. If he had a website or a business card, it would say, Blessing your dreams and goals since 33 AD, or maybe helping you become a better you. This is a God that, that, that comes to us on our own terms and whose goal is to make us successful and fulfilled and, uh, and happy. Um, and he never challenges you about sin or about you know, it never asks you to sacrifice something because that would make you unhappy. That would be unpleasant for you. So the life coach God just does what you want him to do. If, if the life coach image doesn't click for you, think of like a doting grandfather who always has candy in his pocket, is always so happy to, to see you and get whatever you want. I wonder if you can relate to any of those three images of God. And I'm sure, you know, these are all, these are all caricatures, they're exaggerations, but um, they're based on the way people really think about who God is. Um, perhaps <clears throat> your image of God has some components of each one of those false images. Perhaps there's something altogether different for you. <clears throat> But we don't have to live with a false image of God. We have access to the true image, who is Jesus. Let me put it this way. God is just like Jesus. God is just like Jesus. Jesus is not just one side of God. Jesus is not just a messenger of God. Jesus is not a bridge to God. Jesus shows us exactly who God is and what he is like. God is in every way like Jesus. The theologians put it this way. There is no unchrist likeness in God. Did you catch that? There is no unchrist likeness in God. God is just like Jesus. And this can change everything for us. So let me show you from scripture 
uh, how God is just like Jesus. Exhibit A is Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, uh, which Sarah read so well for us. It starts, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. So God revealed himself through the Old Testament at many times in various ways. You remember the stories. He, he appeared to Abraham um, in the angel of the Lord. He appeared to Moses speaking out of a burning bush. He appeared to the people of Israel in the, the pillar of cloud and fire. Um, he put his words in the mouths of the prophets like Samuel and Ezekiel and Isaiah and Habakkuk. But all of these were only partial um, uh, revelations of God. They were true, but they were partial. The picture was blurry. Um, but he goes on in, in this chapter. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he also made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Looks like I have a visitor here. So Jesus is not just one messenger of God who gives us God's words. He's not just one, one of many manifestations of God. He is God himself the creator and the owner of the universe. Therefore, Jesus is the exact representation of God. In Jesus, we see God's face. Okay, that was exhibit A. Now, John 1.18 is exhibit B. This is a verse that we should all know by heart. Um, let me read it for you. No one has ever seen God but God, the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. So underline that last phrase, has made him known. Behind that is a Greek word meaning to explain or to interpret, from which we get the English word exegete. So if you're familiar with um, the term exegesis or exegete, that's what a, a preacher does when he when they open the text and they try to explain what is in it and unpack it for you. They're exegeting the text. Um, that's exactly what Jesus does for God. So, so there are many parts of the Bible where God um, uh, is not fully revealed or where he might seem like a distant deity, where he might seem like a, a demanding judge or, or where it seems like his goal is to make you happy. But Jesus comes along and walks into the pages of scripture and says, if you want to really understand what God is like, look at me, look at me. My life fully interprets, explains, unpacks, who God is. Um, if you are um, a millennial or a, a younger like me, you do a lot of shopping online. And so you can't go to the store and, and um, uh, take a look at the new phone you're going to buy, let's say, in person. So 
you go to YouTube and you type in new iPhone 9 or whatever, and then you'll get results that say um, unboxing the new iPhone 9. So someone will will take it out of the box and will say, oh, it, it feels heavy or the screen is shinier than I thought it would be or it has a nice clear uh, picture or the sides are a little bit beveled and they'll, they'll explain to you exactly what that product is like. They'll unbox it or unpack it. And that might be a crude example to use with God, but that's what Jesus does. He, he unpacks everything about what God is like. So you can know him for yourself. So if you want to know what God loves and what God hates, look at Jesus. If you want to know what makes him feel compassion or anger or sadness, look at Jesus. If you want to know what he does and how he loves people, look at Jesus. Um, and if you want to know how God relates to you, look at Jesus. He fully explains, interprets, unpacks who God is. And when we read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, we see the answers to those questions. We see how Jesus and therefore God relates to people. Is he a distant deity? No, he's a God who comes to this world to be with us and to save sinners. Is he a demanding judge? No, he moves towards sinners in compassion, and he is like a father waiting on the porch for his son to return and running to him with forgiveness. Is he a life coach? No, he is a God who understands that our greatest happiness and pleasure and joy is in laying down our lives and following him. That's where true joy is found. And so Jesus fully explains, Jesus uh, fully helps us know who God is. So, friends, let's not waste a day of our lives with the wrong image of God in our minds. Let's go back again and again to Jesus, the true image of God. Um, how can we do that? By looking often and looking long at the way Jesus is described in the Bible. The way he is portrayed, his words, his actions, his life, and daring to believe that God is actually like that. Um, last year, Meg and I watched the TV series The Chosen. I'm not sure if you've seen that, but if you haven't, you should. I highly recommend it. It brings to the screen the events of Jesus' life and ministry imagined through the stories of, of his disciples. Now, you have to see it for what it is as a TV show, not as scripture itself. But nevertheless, I love the way the series portrays Jesus. Uh, he's gentle and compassionate without being a pushover. He is both um, uh, holy and one who moves towards sinners with compassion he has a sense of humor. He seems like a person you'd actually want to be with. He's full of self-giving love. Now, this is exactly how the Bible describes 
Jesus. But when I saw that on the screen played out on that TV show, I began to actually believe it in my heart and in my imagination. I want you to not just think that God is like Jesus, but to actually believe it. Dallas Willard says, we don't believe something by merely saying we believe it, or even when we believe that we believe it. We believe something when we act as if it were true. We believe something when we act as if it were true. So do you believe that Jesus is Do you believe that God is just like Jesus? If so, how would you act as if that were true? Well, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. Again, I want you to imagine something. You can close your eyes if you'd like. I want you to imagine or to think of something in your life that is not right, something that is not the way it should be. It could be a a sin in your life that you feel guilty about. It could be a failure that you've um, had. It could be a, a painful thing or a loss you've gone through. So imagine that thing, bring it to mind, bring, bring bring it up in your heart and feel how it makes you feel. And since God is just like Jesus, Now imagine Jesus walking up to you and talking to you about that thing in your life. First of all, he does come to you. He's not distracted. He's not too busy with other people. He's present. He comes to you. And when he comes, what does he say? How does he act? And and what does he do for you? He comes to you full of grace and truth, full of God's grace and God's truth. What does he say? What does he do do for you? Let me read a few things that Jesus said to people in situations where something wasn't right. Maybe he is speaking one of these things to you. Son, your sins are forgiven. Repent and believe the good news. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Don't be afraid, just believe. What do you want me to do for you? Peace be with you. And one more. Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and Hades. Amen. Lord, we pray that 
we would not just think that you are like Jesus, but that deep in our imaginations, in our hearts, the way we think about you, especially the way we think about you when, when we are not right. We pray that you would displace um, wrong ideas, wrong thoughts, wrong perceptions, and replace them with the true image of God in Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. And now for the benediction. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace, always in every way. The Lord be with you all.